Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is Michelle, and who's here with me? It's JD. It's JD. It's always JD. Except for that one time it was Stefano. Stefano. (laughs) And then another time that it was Jacque, but they don't know that story yet. No, Um, they do not, Fifi. They do not. Jacque and Fifi. What time it was. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> it absolutely was, and we are not going to tell you, the audience, about it. Uh, this is a bonus episode coming out in December. Usually we release an episode once a week covering the latest exclusive and or original movie to come out on shoot and Shutter. Shooter! <laughs> Shutter! <laughs> Come out on Shudder, which is a horror slash horror adjacent streaming service. But since we had almost reviewed all the 2022 uh, movies with our Spooktober releases, we decided, hey, may as well record them and release the rest of them just so we can do a nice little 2022 recap at the end of December. What are we covering today, Stefano? (laughs) <laughs> you still aren't pronouncing it right it's i know I you refuse. jerk uh no today uh we are uh for the second week in a row with our bonus episode talking about a documentary film uh and that documentary is called boris karloff the man behind the monster uh and that title pretty much uh, tells you what this is this is a documentary about the life and career of boris karloff who is, of course, most famously known as the man who played the monster in the original Frankenstein film, directed by James Whale back in 1931, I believe is when that came out. Uh, Michelle, do you want to uh, read the... Uh, guys, Very we're, short we get description. This, we're just <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. This one might be a quick one. I'm just going to put that out there. Michelle, you want to you wanna read that description for us from the Shutter website? Tell these people what it says that's different Absolutely. from what I just told them vaguely? Yep. So the description says, Karloff examining his illustrious 60-year career in the entertainment industry and his endearing legacy as one of the icons of 20th century popular culture. A Shutter exclusive. That was not even a full sentence. That is what we call a fragment. Where is, uh, so Karloff is the subject. Where is the verb of what Karloff is doing? I'm upset. <laughs> the uh, English teachers around the world are furious at the poor grammar on display. Uh, but so uh, I mean, I guess it's at least it's spoiler free. But then again, can you spoil a documentary? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you <laughs> haven't seen Frankenstein from 1931, we're going to spoil it. Um, uh-huh. I don't know when Porus Karloff died, but it's been a while. So you've probably seen the stuff in his catalog that you wanted to see by now. We're just going to spoil a couple things about Boris Karloff in general. So there's not going to be a spoiler section of this. It's really hard to have a spoiler section of a documentary. They're, right. they're just facts of the life. And right. you so, just can't uh, spoil that. <laughs> Let's uh let's hit the scores right off the bat here, Michelle, mm-hmm. with just a, a few like summary thoughts. Like like what was your overall impression of Boris Karloff, the man behind the monster? Mm, 
so my By the impression way, he, he of he died in 1969 so it's okay. it's, it's been a while <laughs> it, it's outside the realm of spoiling things that are new releases at this point unless right. he's gonna like release an album uh post-mortem like a couple musical artists have i hope someday we get the boris karloff rap album that we've oh, all Lord. been waiting for um my thoughts on the docu- documentary where it was fine i don't really have any complaints um there were a couple things that i found interesting uh it's very factual a little bit dry i didn't love it i probably won't watch it for a third time because this was the second time that i watched it i'm gonna go with a 2.75 yeah um i i have no major complaints about this at all right like it, it, but it is what it is uh what i would say about this movie is uh if you like horror movies and maybe you're new to horror movies maybe you're a younger person who's just getting into things uh and you know boris karloff by name and reputation You'd like to learn more about him, uh, but maybe you 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 know you're not good with with books. You got some ADHD or some dyslexia, or maybe you just don't like sitting and reading books. That's a perfectly fair person to be. This is a really good summation of the man's life and his career, the importance of of what he did. Uh, but um, beyond that, it's like like there's also not a whole lot of real. Like there's no exciting surprises or like, oh, you didn't know he was like a a spy for the English in World War One and was a famous assassin or you know it's it's just it's just a well told biographical portrait of a person's life, uh, and as such, for me, it can only be so good. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a three and a half. I I, I okay. thought for what it was, it was as good as it could possibly be. Okay, sounds good. So that comes out to 3.125 skulls out of five is what we are giving this this uh, movie. Okay, that's For the sure. episode. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michelle and I were talking before we, we hit record that uh, uh, this one may end up being our, our very shortest episode uh, uh, ever. Uh, and not because, again, the movie is not bad. It's it's it, it's a perfect example of what it is. There is one thing, though, that I wanted to bring up to you, Michelle. I mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did a little research of just uh, about the production of the film, was looking on IMDb and Wikipedia and things, and I found something in the Wikipedia entry about this movie uh, that I then cross-referenced, and it came from an article in Variety about this movie. Uh, the fella who directed this movie... Uh, Mr. Thomas Hamilton apparently worked on this film for 23 years. 23 years. And what, what? that tells me <laughs> is that this is 1 million percent a complete labor of love. This is a movie that this guy basically put his his free time and his spare money and whatever t- effort he could, and he spent time researching and taking the time he needed to be able to get the interviews he wanted. And, it, like, it wasn't anything that he, uh, 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 you know, at least this is the my impression, when I hear he spent 23 years on this, uh, and that's the, the impression I get, is this is just a very much a labor of love about a guy who wanted to tell the story uh, of Boris Karloff. And that... I find uh, very impressive and respectable. But then there's also a part of me that's just like, oh, there should have been more here then. 
Like, mm-hmm. this is the rare time, probably the only time you will ever hear me say, I wish this movie was longer. Like, I wish there was more here. It, it felt like very much like we just kind of scratched the surface. And I don't know if that was intentional or what. Here's what I know. This movie was released uh, to coincide with the 90th anniversary of... Uh, of Frankenstein, of course, came out in, uh, originally in 2021. So I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was something that they they put him to work on 20 years in advance. Why would you plan for a 90th anniversary? I don't think that's <laughs> what it is. I think he just had this, but like, I don't know. I don't know if he was maybe restricted and was told that like he could do it and it would be part of this thing, but it would only be, it could only be a certain length or what. This is the rare movie where I wish. There was more. That is, yeah, that's very surprising because nothing about this felt like a deep delve. Um, It didn't feel incredibly detailed. Like there was a lot of exclusive information. Um, I understand that he definitely got some interviews that like the average person would have a hard time reaching out to like Boris Karloff's daughter. But then he also has big names like Guillermo del Toro in there. Um, Mm -hmm. So he definitely got some big names and I guess some exclusive interviews that way. But I didn't really listen to a lot of this and think like, wow, that's very surprising information. It's not like the Guar documentary that we covered where right, right. I felt just astounded by what mm-hmm. I learned. So, yeah. yeah, that is very, very interesting. That was a 23-year project, unless yeah, it's also like a Phil Tippett thing where he worked on it for a while and then went, oh, no, I, I got to put this away well, for 20 years. No, and, and, and like I said, I, I, I feel like it, this was probably something that he was doing as a passion project, mm-hmm. right? Like this is something that he was like you know obviously I got to take jobs and do other things but this is the thing I'm going to be constantly working on because this and I and I have a ton of respect for that mm-hmm. um uh so I guess let me ask you a couple of questions to to maybe uh, mm-hmm. get a little uh, good uh, content for the folks in here uh, is there anything <laughs> from like was there anything from the story that you found like particularly surprising or interesting what did you feel was like the like like was there any moment in this where you were just like oh man that's like what would what drew you in the most is I think what I'm trying to ask it's really easy for me to answer that because there's one part that I was fascinated about as opposed to every other part of the documentary and Uh that was Boris's reaction to Frankenstein the little girl scene of throwing her into the lake or the river the body of water in case Mm -hmm. people haven't seen the original Frankenstein movie there is a part where he encounters a little girl who is playing by herself and she's throwing something into the water I believe rocks or something flowers into the water so uh she's throwing those in the water and frankenstein not thinking clearly picks her up and throws her into the water what oh sorry frankenstein's monster sorry (laughs) i can't believe i did that yep i'm just full of mistakes lately uh but frankenstein's monster whose name was also frankenstein little known fact he named him after (laughs) no i'm kidding uh but frankenstein's monster um picks up the little girl throws her into the body of the water and then realizes that oh no i am killing this little girl and it's this really heartbreaking part of the movie that really gives you a lot of humanity 
humanity behind, you know, the monster. Um, And Boris didn't like that. He thought it was too brutal to show on screen. And I just want to know how he would feel about modern horror and a lot of other scenes because that is so (laughs) tame. So I was really fascinated by that. But also just like the the changes that they did particular to lead to that scene because it was too much for people. Yeah. Yeah. I found that very interesting. Like, like how much he, like he did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he didn't think it, it fit. Uh, I, I definitely understand his, his arguments, but yeah, that was a, an interesting moment of just like, man, considering <laughs> some of the things they, uh, they do to children these days, a Serbian film, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Uh, and what? also that is such uh, I just watched Frankenstein for the first time and in its in, in its entirety pretty recently um, before we watched this documentary and mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite scenes from the movie overall so I think that's why when they talked about it in the documentary I was very fascinated because I thought it gave us such a human angle to this creature that we're kind of frightened of or supposed to mm-hmm. be afraid of the rest of the movie but to see that regret and the fact that that this was not it wasn't an intentional act of yeah violence. it was it was very yeah. much a, an act of of naivete right what i mean mm-hmm. what you have here is an infant in a grown man's body you know mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh it's a uh, it's very it definitely adds layers to the story overall and uh i as a as a fan i, I do think that that is is uh like I think there's value in that scene, and I'm I'm glad it's a part of the movie. But I also definitely understand where he was coming from, because I mean, especially like 1931, the movies as a whole are really kind of new still, uh, and just like the idea of of being like even remotely violent to a child on screen had to just be anathema at that time. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Just was there wild. anything that you absolutely found fascinating about the movie? Yeah, uh, that part? one of the one of the biggest things that jumped out at me about this. There are two things that I wanted to mention, uh, and you very cleverly deduced that I asked you that question because I myself wanted to answer that question. You told me uh, that's what you did in a different episode <laughs> that you asked questions yeah. that you already have an answer to. <laughs> I sure do. Um, <laughs> no, the, uh, first of all, I had no idea. Uh, how significantly he was involved in the founding of the Screen Actors Guild, and how much he was was passionately behind like working actors' rights, you know, like bit players and and contract actors uh, and that sort of thing. I I, I just you know I'm a, a bleeding heart woke ass liberal who believes in people's rights. And anyway, I just I thought you. that was super interesting. <laughs> You know, I didn't uh, I didn't know that. So it was just a, a bit about his history that I, I really appreciated. Uh, and then the other thing uh, that I found so interesting because I have a parallel to it is they talk about how, like, uh, he had done a lot of damage to his back uh, working for uh, railroad companies for a while uh, and then uh, did significantly more damage to his back during the production of Frankenstein, maybe... Uh, strictly out of the maliciousness of James Whale. They talk about that one scene where they forced him to carry that 
heavy load up the hill like 30 times or something. Um, but then they talk about later on uh, when like when he was doing variety shows and such on early TV uh, and that sort of thing uh, and how he would just like he'd be backstage and he could barely move and he was just in complete agony and the instant the curtain opened and he walked out, you would never guess there was anything wrong with him. Like he just he transformed and did everything he needed to do. And then the moment he's off stage, he coll- almost collapses. Right? He's just gone. And just that idea of that. Uh, interestingly, the place where I've heard that same, that literally that exact story before, is in professional wrestling. Uh, with guys who are so beat up and so hurt, but just that idea of like they're so committed to the art and so committed to being an entertainer, and a, it's a really journeyman kind of workmanlike attitude of well, it's time to go to work, guys. These people paid their money to see a show, and I can't go out there and look like I'm in pain and and barely move. We got to do it. It's time to go to work. Uh, and I'm, I'm always impressed by that. It's, it's almost inhuman. Uh, and I thought that was a, a really interesting bit uh, of the story uh, as well. I, uh, I Just a couple of interesting things that I didn't know because, I mean, yeah, I know Boris Karloff's work, but I've never gone out of my way to dig into his life. And so, yeah, I thought there were definitely some interesting things here. Oh, you are still there. I thought I for a minute maybe we had disconnected or something. I was like, oh, my God, what so, happened to Michelle? No, I'm still here. I was just trying to, uh, I noticed in earlier or several early episodes that when you're talking, I tend to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm in the background. Oh, so I'm trying to do better about not doing that. So <laughs> right on. Yeah, that positive um, reinforcement when you're on the phone. So I was just kind of yeah. nodding along quietly. So <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, and I think that's about really all that needs to be said. Hey, we did make it to 17 minutes. I'm pretty impressed by that. that I guess I I mean, I I should really (laughs) I should really have more faith in my ability to rant about things, I think, at the end of the day. That's true. Uh, But uh, no, if you don't know much about Boris Karloff, if you're a history nerd, if you like to know about people's lives, you're into biographies, that sort of thing. This is definitely worth checking out, especially. Uh, if for no other reason than like, like it dawned on me while I was watching this that like, like Boris Karloff as Frankenstein's monster, like, like that goes beyond movie star, right? Like that is transcendent cultural icon stuff now. Like every pop culture representation of Frankenstein's monster you've seen since Karloff as the monster is more or less some kind of a riff on Karloff as the monster like that is such like like that is an icon status like few people have ever achieved and so mm-hmm. this is definitely a story worth uh, worth checking out just also keep that- in mind that it is it's only going to be so much Mm-hmm. Uh, one quick thing about Frankenstein. Now that you mentioned that, uh, I said it 
I watched Frankenstein for the first time mm-hmm. um, just like a month or two ago uh, before we even decided that we would be recording an episode about the documentary. And even though I had never seen it in its entirety, every single scene of that movie felt familiar because it has been yes. used in pop culture in yes. so many different ways. Whether you've seen young Frankenstein or you've seen Bugs Bunny doing uh, a bit that was based on Frankenstein or if you've read something that references it or anything in a horror that has a a scene based on that there were so many things that I was like oh okay so I've seen this before I've seen this parodied I've seen this and it was just it it was so wild to me how much of that I was familiar with despite never seeing the movie it felt like there wasn't a single scene in there that was brand new to me right Um, yeah it's I've never had that experience with the movie before and that was that was a very weird thing to feel Um, the other quick thing I just wanted to say is that it is the Christmas season so if you're watching The Grinch uh, Boris Karloff was the narrator so uh, it's the season and you can go uh, go watch The Grinch and think of Boris I'm sure he appreciates it wherever he is now (laughs) for sure uh so that's uh that's uh, this uh bonus episode for you we got the regular episode coming up this uh this friday uh morning michelle what it's the apology right yep i know zero about it i still know absolutely nothing and i am deliberately preventing myself from figuring like even looking at a trailer we're gonna go into this one totally blind i'm super excited about what i do every time if i can avoid a trailer i do it if i can avoid an article i just want a name and a release date that's all i want (laughs) i i don't watch trailers of things even if it's something i'm very excited for i did make an exception i watched the death stranding 2 announcement trailer this week i did freak out it is probably the most excited a trailer has ever made me but aside from that i am mostly a trailerless person i watch it after i watch the movie because i'm is, already excited i'm gonna watch it isn't death stranding 2 a video game yeah but it has a trailer okay they still do trailers for video games where have you been it got me so excited i just need more low roar music in my life I want my Low Roar soundtrack to accompany Death Stranding 2, but I think the artist in the Death Stranding 2 trailer was not Low Roar. I don't want to look it up in case I stumble across any other information, but I don't. it doesn't sound like the singer from Low Roar, and I'm really upset. I hope that it is just an album of Low Roar music. I feel very passionate about and this is why I, I can't watch trailers. I get really upset about um, things before I've even seen or experienced them. I'm just still trying to figure out how you have a trailer for a video game, but that's okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm an I'll old man. I'll send you the, the first Death Stranding trailer. It is <laughs> a, a horror movie in and of itself. It right is on. incredible. It stars uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Guillermo del Toro plays a guy who is Frankenstein's monster. He's uh, I forgot what his name is, but he's based on Frankenstein. He's got stitches across his head because his brain was removed. Oh, it's so good. So these are all like things that happen like in the cut scenes in the game? Yeah. Yeah. You should play Death Stranding. It so changed like, my life. I will defend he, it till here, I die. Here's my, uh, all right. As long as we're on this topic, we're, yeah. we're going to do it. <laughs> yep. little bonus here at the end for the people who've stuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, why not then just put all those cut scenes together and make a movie? 
Uh, so I actually have an answer for you about that because here's the thing. Death Stranding, you basically can do that and it's still like eight hours of footage of just cutscene of unplayable game. That's why people hate that game, but I love it so much. You think you're done and then you've got three more hours of movie. You can just watch the cutscenes from Death Stranding and get the story and it's so good. You just miss out on all the fun of traversing across a country with just a backpack on your back as music is playing and you're trying to avoid these uh, people who are trying to steal your parcels and you're just trying to reconnect America you're trying to bridge those strands I love it people called it a walking simulator and you know what I don't walk in real life so walking in a video game was fine by me you a blind man named Eli carrying a book <laughs> oh. maybe in Death Stranding too. Who knows? Maybe so. Anything's Guys. possible. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, I don't. I don't know how we do it every time, Michelle. We were like, this is gonna be a ten-minute episode. It's now twenty-four minutes. Guys, check it's us out. You, I made the mistake of mentioning Death Stranding, and I feel very passionately about Death Stranding. So that's fair enough. <gasps> it's my own fault. <laughs> Guys, make sure you check us out on all the social meds. Well, four of the social meds: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We're at We Watch Shutter. You can drop us an email. The address is mail at We Watch Shutter. Com. Make sure you check out WeWatchShutter.com. That's our official website. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. Say goodnight, Michelle. Goodnight, Michelle.